The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. It is a big week upcoming. Election Day is Tuesday. Veterans Day is next Friday. We will celebrate Veterans Day today appropriately on the Cigar Dave Show. We will, of course, have some comments about Election Day coming up. T-minus three days away and counting. And we have a big announcement about the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest It is always a pleasure and a delight to be with you as we celebrate all things Alpha. The winner for the last 21 years in a row of the Nobel Pleasure Prize for Extreme Alpha Pleasure, that would be me, comes with a huge financial reward every year. And I can tell you this, part of the gifts that I receive winning the Nobel Pleasure Prize, not only do I get great cigars, great libations, great delicacies, but they replenish the harem on a regular basis every year. Complimentary, no charge, of course. Long-ash greetings and salutations, a long-ash snappy salute, semper delictatio, always pleasure. The Global Alpha Male, Global General Front and Center today from the Davidoff of Geneva store since 1911 and lounge here in the Cigar City of Tampa. Joining me, Front and Center, from the UK, that would be the United Kingdom, the home of Brexit. Well, maybe well, not so fast, my friend, as Lee Corsa would say. Mick, the Brit, colonel in charge of the European Theater of Operations. General, what a pleasure it is to be here with you in situation. Normally, I'm at an outside broadcast, but here I am, shoulder to shoulder, of mic position number two. That is correct. With your humble presenter, as you say. Yes, my hum- your humble They don't say presenter. announcer, they say your presenter. Correct. So I'm your humble presenter. So this presenter today... We need to celebrate a very big holiday that is coming up next Friday. And that is Veterans Day. And Mick, you are very familiar with Veterans Day, formerly known as Armistice Day or Remembrance Day as you celebrate in the United Kingdom and in Europe. And it celebrated the anniversary of the end of World War I. Major hostilities of WW1 were formerly ended at the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month in the year 1918, when the armistice with Germany went into effect. The United States previously celebrated and observed Armistice Day. The holiday was renamed Veterans Day in 1954, not to be confused with Memorial Day. Veterans Day celebrates the service of all U.S. military veterans, while Memorial Day honors those who died while in military service. We appropriately commemorate both holidays, and today, Veterans Day, 
We give an extra snappy salute to every veteran that has served, whether it be in, no matter what branch, in the Coast Guard, Marines, Air Force, Army, or the Navy. And I know that Mick in Canada, as well as the UK, they wear poppies. Correct, yes. Explain the, 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 reason, the significance of that. Right, okay. Well, in the fields there of the battlegrounds of World War I, the great war that was supposed to end all wars, we never ever thought we'd go back uh, to being at war. These fields in Yeeps, uh, places like that, were, were, were barren. After the war, red poppies started to grow. So the poppy signifies the blood that was spilled in that, that horrible, terrible trench warfare. Now, growing up in Buffalo, I, I would always see Canadians that would wear the poppies, yes. and of course, Brits, but whatever, Americans never really did, although now you're starting to see some that occasionally do wear the poppies on their lapel. Oh, that's good. That's good. And I've always been quite surprised culturally that I would have thought the American would might have embraced and showed these, because we've got armbands that signify anything from everything, don't we now? Uh, but uh, I, I was quite surprised that you didn't, I didn't see the Americans wearing a poppy or something of significance to signify the memorialization of uh, those great heroes that passed away. Now, a little bit later on today in the show, later in this hour, we'll be joined by a British broadcaster, not you, Mick the Brit, but John Gomt from Talk To Me Radio in the UK, formerly with the BBC, a columnist in the Sun newspaper and talk sport. We'll talk about his take on the election. Very big. And, and well, I want to talk about Brexit because the will of the people being violated, and I'm a little concerned that may happen here in the United States. But we will get with him. But first, on our Veterans Day theme, there are two people that uh, I want to recognize. First, Roy C. Fink. He joined the Army at the age of 19, September 1949, was sent to Korea. He disappeared December 2nd, 1951 at the Chosun Reservoir, one of the bloodiest battles of the Korean War. His remains were missing, missing in action. He officially was declared missing in action December 2nd, 1950, three years later, officially declared dead. Well, 66 years later, Roy Fink's remains are returning home to the Buffalo Theater of Operations. It did return home earlier this week. I saw this in the Buffalo News where I, uh, I, I read online on a regular basis my, uh, from my hometown. And his nephew, who was 66 years old, 10 years ago provided the Army with a DNA sample after the skeletal remains of seven individuals were excavated in the vicinity of the Chosin Re Reservoir in a joint recovery mission conducted by the U.S. Army and the North Korean Army. And it, his remains were officially uh, uh, identified, and he returned back home to Buffalo about 12.30 on a Delta Airlines flight to full military honors this past Wednesday, and a public funeral service was held this past Thursday. So we want to give a salute. 66 years later, uh, Roy Fink returns home to Buffalo, and uh, when you think about that, the uncertainty, Mick, for his family, all those years never being found, uh, must be very difficult, and in fact, many of his relatives probably died not knowing yes. what happened to him, so at least now there's closure on, I believe, his a couple of his nephews were there to greet the plane, but what is interesting is that many people in Buffalo also came to pay their respects, and we see that in many cities across this country where many elderly veterans pass away. I know I read a story where one was, I think, pushing 100, World War II veteran. Most of his family had passed away, but 
people that didn't even know him came to the, uh, to the service to pay tribute, which I think shows that there is still great spirit here in the United States of America. And, of course, many fellow members of the military came, and many young people came as well. So I think that is great. And another person I want to recognize, a person that I had the privilege of meeting, his name is Bob Hoover, one of the greatest pilots to ever fly an airplane, passed away uh, about uh, just a week before last. He was 94. Yes. He flew into his 80s. And I want to spend uh, just a couple of minutes talking about Bob Hoover, and we'll post some video of him. He flew his uh, twin aero commander and did some incredible aerobatics. He actually stopped both engines and ended up doing a loop and a barrel roll. This guy was absolutely incredible. He was, he was renowned for being probably the greatest stick-and-rudder pilot. And what that means is, forget automation, forget autopilot, using the stick, which is to control pitch and to control yaw or roll. Uh, rolled yaws actually with the rudders which uh, he, he commanded with his feet. There was probably nobody greater than the great Bob Hoover. And I met him 10 years ago at the EAA AirVenture Air Show in Oshkosh, the largest air show uh, in the country, probably the world. He was sitting next to me at the Hilton Garden Inn for breakfast, and he had this straw rim hat, almost what Avo Uvesian wears, very similar. Tall, lanky guy, must have been about 6'5", very thin. And I came across him, and I, uh, after he was done, I came up and I said, look, I'm a pilot, and I have to tell you that I've watched your videos, I'm in awe, and uh, I just wanted to shake your hand. And he was very, very cordial. He's from Tennessee originally, lived in California, and asked me what kind of plane did I fly. I just told him I had recently purchased a new plane, and we got into talking about it, and uh, he said, look, that plane's got a lot of automation, but don't ever forget you need the stick and rudder skills. Don't ever forget that to fly your airplane. You've got to rely on your hands and on your feet. And that has come into play many times because even though we have great automation and autopilots and auto flight and flight directors, I've had numerous occasions where I've had to fly that plane manually, not by auto flight, and those stick and rudder skills certainly come into effect. And just some interesting tidbits about the great Bob Hoover. He was shot down over Nice, France by the Nazis during his 59th mission in World War II, spent 16 months as a POW, much of the time in solitary confinement, as punishment for two dozen escape attempts. Talk about an alpha male with nads of steel. He was it. Just before the war ended, he escaped. He was able to steal a German fighter plane. Never flown the thing before, but again, used his stick and rudder skills, figured it out. And he was able to land in the Netherlands and what happened was some people were he landed in a field and they saw a German plane. They came out with pitchforks and he finally explained who he was and some, some allied soldiers saw him and explained everything and uh, all was good. But he said he, he stayed at about 4,000 feet because if he got higher than that, he would have been spotted by an allied aircraft. He would have been shot down. So some really incredible stories. And some of the people that recognized him, uh, Jimmy Doolittle, um, there was uh, Chuck Yeager. They said he by far the best stick and rudder pilot that they ever met and flew some just incredible, incredible uh, planes. Everything from a P-51 to a supersonic. His trademark maneuver, a death-defying plunge with both engines cut out, used the momentum to pull the plane up into a loop last possible moment. And one of the very cool things that he did that was, uh, I don't know if you're, well, Mick, you probably didn't have this show in, the year, in uh, Britain. On ABC in the 80s, it was called That's Incredible. It was with Joe Theismann, the gal that Joe Theismann was banging at the time, 
and John Davidson. I can't remember what, Kathy, Kathy Lee Crosby, I think her name was. We'll find, there's a clip. And one of the things that he did, they went in the airplane with him, he poured a glass of iced tea with one hand while he rolled his plane 360 degrees whoa, with the other. Whoa. So talk about an incredible pilot. And he was uh, just an amazing guy. And I had the privilege and pleasure. And everywhere, people that saw him stopped. He literally was a god in the field of aviation. And he won an incredible number of awards. So Bob Hoover, 94, rest in peace, one of the world's and history's greatest pilots ever. And a great American hero, General. And that is a proper American hero. You know, his story made the BBC News when he passed away. Yep, that's very big around the world. And so we salute him, of course, and every other veteran on this Veterans Day upcoming next Friday. We're going to celebrate it the whole week. So, lieutenants, we will continue front and center. When we come back, we will conduct the National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony. And we also have a big announcement about the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest coming up early February 2017. We shall continue. Mick the Brit, the general front and center, some other special guests from the Davidoff of Geneva store and lounge in the Cigar City. Download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, Kindle, and iOS so you can listen to the general anytime, anywhere. The Cigar Dave mobile app is presented by Diamond Crown. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store today. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. On a daily basis, our personal rights, freedoms, and privileges are being taken away by the government, by the people who don't want us to enjoy the fine things in life, cigars. 
guess what? Socialism stinks, cigars don't. So in order to celebrate life, we decided to release the freedom. This great cigar from Nicaragua has tones of coffee, spice, pepper, with a great underlying sweetness. It's got a beautiful Ecuadorian wrapper, fillers from different parts of Nicaragua, and guess what? It's priced very fairly. So go out and celebrate the fine things in life and enjoy your freedom by lighting up a Rocky Patel freedom. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, I have selected a diamond crown, beautiful looking number two, seven and a half inches in length with a 54 ring gauge. This is a Churchill or double Corona size. This was launched 20, 21 years ago by the J.C. Newman Cigar Company. Stanford Newman, the great legendary Stanford Newman, had a great idea. He wanted to make a cigar that was all robusto size ring gauges. Nobody theretofore had done it. And he teamed up with Carlos Fuente Sr. And they came up with the Diamond Crown, a beautiful triple fermented Connecticut shade wrapped cigar, Dominican fillers and binders, exceptionally smooth, top shelf, super premium cigar, all Robusto ring gauge size cigars, all 54 ring gauge, which at the time in 1995, well, 1996 was revolutionary. And that's exactly what I will enjoy today. And there's a reason because in the next segment, we will make a big announcement about the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest and how Diamond Crown ties into it. But this cigar is beautiful, suggested retail in the $15, $16 category worth every penny. And since then, they've had some line extensions on the Diamond Crown, including the Diamond Crown Maximus, the Julius Caesar by Diamond Crown, and the new Diamond Crown Black Diamond. But today, I will smoke the flagship Diamond Crown, mild, smooth, five-year-old, triple-fermented wrapper, as we get set to enjoy a fine cigar at the Davidoff Lounge and Store here in the Cigar City. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine in my hot little hand. And you hear in the background the Armed Forces Medley as we pay tribute to every branch of military, of the military on this Veterans Day week and Veterans Day coming up next Friday. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Well, Mick... Let me borrow this. Nish Patel gave him this. This is a kind of a cool little lighter. Almost looks like a DuPont, but it's got the little double butane. Listen to that. It's even got the click. Yeah. Very, very nice. But it's got the butane jet flame system in there. Double flame, that's what I would use today. Cigar, Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect. Uh, Mick, you cannot commence litation until I have started litation, Mick. Roger that. Remember, Apologies. the five-star has seniority. 
You know, so. it's kind of like the big alpha dog, the wolf, the, the, the head of the wolf pack. The wolf, the alpha wolf eats first, then everyone else, then the betas eat. So this alpha five-star lights first, gets the first puff, then you may consume your diamond crown. Maybe. Received and understood, Jim. Outstanding. Although most times when we're at the Alpha Pleasure Fest, you've already lit up and fueled up by about uh, seven that morning. <laughs> All right, as I gently toast the foot of this diamond crown, beautiful looking cigar. I have to tell you, the one thing I like about the diamond crowns, not only the big ring gauges, but they're just ever so smooth. Got a big length on this one. Normally I'm at the Toro, the six, six and a quarter inches. This is seven and a half, so this is a gigantic cigar. Take my time lighting, rotating, puffing. Here we go. Great draw. Oh. Smooth. Notes of sweetness. And I should say, mm. this is a Connecticut USA wrapper. Not Connecticut Ecuador. Connecticut USA, it is very silky. It is very delicate, but it has an unmistakable sweetness, unlike any other wrapper that a Connecticut Ecuadorian wrapper does not have. It doesn't have that sweetness, and that is because they're grown in the fertile Connecticut River Valley shade tarpaulin cloths in the summer. Just a magnificent wrapper, triple fermented. Scotch, bourbon, and beer commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Well, about two weeks ago, I was here at the Davidoff Store and Lounge in the Cigar City, and Tommy Diadio, the general manager and the purchaser of all spirits and libations for not only Davidoff of Geneva in Tampa, but all the Corona cigar stores in Orlando, said, General, you got to try this. Just tried it. It is from Baines, the Cape Mountain Whiskey from South Africa. Single grain whiskey. Interesting story. It is 100% grain whiskey, double matured from 100% South African yellow maize. And it is exceptionally smooth. It is exceptionally clean on the palate. I will say, cheers, take a sip. Cheers. Mm. Wow, ever so smooth. Only about $30 a bottle. Not bad at all. We will post links to this. Incredible aroma, very light because this is 100% corn. So this theoretically could qualify as a bourbon, but it's not made in new oak barrels and it's not produced in the United States. However, corn, same ingredients, yellow maize, outstanding. Big announcement right around the corner about the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest coming up early 2017 is next. Check out the all-new CigarDave.com. Get info on the cigars and libations the general enjoys during the show. Get recipes from the pooch pit and drink cocktails, too. You can listen to the show on our 24-7 stream or download the latest podcast to listen to anytime. Get it all at CigarDave.com. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper, fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown.
crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. of the first Nobel Pleasure Prize for Outstanding Achievement in Advancing the Alpha Male Good Life is your general, Cigar Dave. Thoroughly enjoying my Diamond Crown number two, accompanied by this incredible whiskey that I'm enjoying, Baines Cape Mountain Whiskey from South Africa. And at my, the first time I sampled this, I thought for sure it was a wheat whiskey. It is 100% South African yellow maize corn. It is matured in first fill bourbon casks for three years, then transferred to a second set of first fill bourbon casks to get a little bit more of that, that nice charred, fresh charred oak finish for another 18 to 30 months. Nice color, very, very pleasant on the palate, warm golden amber color, a little bit of toffee on the, on the palate, a little bit of, I'm getting little hints of, mm, Almost a little bit of maple, very elegant, very smooth. Again, only about $30 a bottle, incredible. Now, before we get to our next guest, big announcement. We teased it last week. Many people have been asking about the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest in the Cigar City of Tampa. Normally we hold it the Saturday before Thanksgiving, but we wanted to make a change. We're going to move it this year at least to early February. We have the date for you. It is Saturday, November 4th, 2017. I'm sorry, February. February. Hello. Wait, got to get into February. I'm in the wrong mode here. I'm thinking about the election. Saturday, February 4th, 2017. It is the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line. We will be coming to you from hangar number two. Correction, hangar number one at Shelter Aviation right at Tampa International. The giant hangar doors will be open. We'll take half the hangar. There'll be jets and airplanes on display. We'll start off at 10 a.m., go until 3 p.m., and it is presented by Diamond Crown Cigars. You're going to get six incredible Diamond Crown cigars and other cigars from J.C. Newman. Huge alpha male buffet appropriately with ample amounts of dead quality animal product, lots of meat. We know that our alphas are carnivores. We'll have samplings of bourbon and whiskeys from Woodford Reserve, from Jack Daniels, from Old Forster. We'll have Dunedin Brewing with samples of their craft beers. It will be an outstanding day. You'll be able to tour these airplanes. It is going to be an incredible, incredible day. Now think about this, middle of the winter. 
early February, you're going to be ready to escape the Northeast, the Midwest, the West. Saturday, February 4th, 2017, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line, Shelter Aviation in the Cigar City of Tampa, right at Tampa International. Now, here's what we're going to do. An email link is being sent out Monday to all the attendees from our previous Alpha Pleasure Fest. They will get first dibs. And then next Saturday, November 12th, one week from today at noon at CigarDave.com, tickets will go for sale to the general public. This is an all-VIP, all-inclusive event. As soon as you get in, you get a beautiful Cigar Dave briefcase embroidered. You're going to get the cigars. You're going to get samples of the beer, of the uh, a little bottle of Woodford. It's going to be a great day. So mark that down. The weather should be great. Hey, we're covered anyway. So if it's snowing where you are, guaranteed it's not going to be snowing in the Cigar City of Tampa. So again, next Monday, all of the previous attendees to Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest will get a hidden private link to buy tickets, first dibs, and then next Saturday at this time, November 12th, it will be open for ticket sales to the rest of the public. CigarDave.com for all the information. Mark it down, Saturday, February 4th, 2017, Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line. It is my pleasure to welcome, all the way from the UK, joining us in the United States of America, John Gaunt of Talk To Me Radio, formerly of Talk Sport, the BBC, a columnist in the Sun newspaper, longtime broadcast veteran. John, welcome to the Cigar City of Tampa, and welcome to the United States of America. Hope you don't hold any uh, ill will towards us back in 1776 for splitting away. No, no, you can uh, give us the tea later, if that's okay. You after, can have, we, we've got coffee. Well, no, no, right. we, can, we got the bourbon, you can keep the tea. Oh, thank you very <laughs> much indeed. It's a pleasure to be here. This is an amazing uh, venue, isn't it? I mean, it, and this kind of thing would not be allowed anymore uh, in the UK. I mean, politically correct Britain, uh, this would just not be allowed. You know, so you, you're very, very lucky to have something like this uh, here in uh, Cigar City, Tampa. Make the most of it. Well, and it's not every state. There are certain states where you cannot enjoy a libation in a cigar, but Florida allows you that if less than 10% of your revenue comes from food, you can still allow smoking. And here we're in a beautiful cigar lounge. No food sold here, but plenty sure. of libations. I mean, I think the thing with the UK is the argument was, you know, why do we have to ban smoking at all? We could have just made sure that uh, venues had proper uh, air conditioning and proper proper dehumidifiers and, and proper air clearance. It's actually killed the British pub. I mean, I think it's an average of seven pubs a week closing uh, in the United Kingdom because people just don't want this. You know, the price of alcohol plus the fact you can't have a cigarette and you're treated like a leper. I mean, you go into any pub now in the United Kingdom, you have to get in through this huddle of smokers first. Now, I say all of this as a non-smoker. I'm not a smoker at all, but I'm a libertarian. I believe that if people want to smoke, they should be able to smoke. Uh, by the same token, I think the premises uh, could have better air filtration. I used to run nightclubs. Uh, we could have those restrictions put on us, just like we have to provide facilities with people with disabilities. But to just ban smoking was just draconian, just ridiculous, part of the nanny state culture uh, of Great Britain and indeed the European Union. And course, the United States now, we're seeing to, it, yeah. we're seeing it now. But and you know what, no one ever puts this in their manifesto. This isn't in people's political manifestos, this bull****. It just isn't there because nobody would vote for it. These are social justice warriors who are pushing an agenda that actually the great majority of people, not just in the UK, but in the USA as well, don't want 
don't vote for and have never, ever signed up for. Well, what I find interesting is we don't live in the United States anymore in a constitutional republic. I say we now live in an administrative state yeah. where we have these unelected bureaucrats that run amok, that nobody can control, that think that they're smarter than everyone else and have to tell everyone else what to do and how to live. Well, That's the, wrong. The bottom line is whoever you vote for, the government gets in, and the government is the civil service, as you say. That's right. And we've got a scenario now, uh, both here... Uh, and indeed in the UK. I mean, so I've come over for the election. I'm seeing so many parallels. I've just been phoned up by the BBC to go on their major news programme tonight. They want to talk about the disenfranchised people in the UK. They want to compare it to what's happening here in the US. And, you know, when I'm out and about on the street doing my programme over the last few days, I'm talking to Americans, and apart from the accent, I could be talking to Brits. They're saying the same things. They've got the same problems. They're being ignored by the establishment elites of this country. And this is why Donald Trump is making hay at the moment. It's why Nigel Farage and the Brexit movement worked. People are fed up of being treated like mushrooms, you know, kept in the dark and fed BS. Well, it's, it's the elites who think they control everything, who do control they everything, do. <laughs> they do control, who think they're smarter than everyone else. And, you know, I think Donald Trump, and we're big supporters of Donald Trump here, and Donald Trump hits a nerve from people that are fed up where, again, you have this giant swamp in Washington, D.C. that keeps spewing out laws and regulations and barriers to business. And this country was founded on freedom. That's yeah. why we broke away. And now what you're seeing is everywhere around the world, I don't care what the country, we're no longer living in a truly free society. And one thing I want to bring up about uh, Britain, which I think is very interesting, you talk about a prime minister that is synonymous with a libation and a cigar, the great Winston Churchill, mm. one of the greatest, certainly, leaders and politicians of all time. Something that happened a number of years ago we talked about here on the Cigar Dave Show, which is very interesting. They had an exhibition in London, uh, I think, uh, commemorating Winston Churchill, a lot of his memorabilia, and they had a giant billboard in front of it with a picture of him, and they photoshopped a cigar out of his mouth, which is altering history, is. which is incorrect. It's and to me, it's cultural it revisionism. Is revision. That's correct. And to me, that is a very dangerous, slippery slope. Because when you say, well, we'll just get this cigar out, and you know what? Let's not talk about what the Nazis really did. Let's, let, let's clean it up a little bit, or whatever. That is altering history, and that is, is to me, is, is forbidden. But I thought that was very interesting, and there was a big ruckus right. about it. You're right. And that's really unacceptable, and we're seeing that today, where even in cartoons now, where you would see a, 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 a cartoon character smoking a cigar, and now... You've got these enemy of pleasure groups saying, well, we can't allow that because kids are going to want to start smoking cigars at four years old. All I know sure. is I watched Bugs Bunny and Roadrunner, and Roadrunner dropped an anvil off, off a mountain, you know, uh, <laughs> killing Wile E. Coyote. I never went out ever and purchased an anvil to try to drop it off a building or a cliff. Mm. It's the same argument with gun control, in my opinion. It's the same argument about many, many things. You know, they kind of make out that, you know, violent movies, for example, turn you violent. Well, if, if that's the case, we'd all be wearing petticoats and sort of bonnets because how many Jane Austen films are there with Hugh Grant in, uh, in the movie cinemas? It's just nonsense. If you're open to that kind of persuasion, you might turn out like that, but you won't in general terms. But they use this, cultural Marxists use this as a way of trying to control the population. And, you know, the bottom line is most politicians, you cannot put a cigarette paper between them. Now, Donald Trump has come along, UKIP in the, in the United Kingdom and Nigel Farage, and they've come up with something different. And they've come up with a pointed difference. Even if you don't agree with Donald Trump, you've got to say, at least he's different. 
at least we may as well have a change. Or we could have crooked uh, Hillary Clinton just doing the same old White House uh, shtick. Well, people are fed up with career politicians. Mm. And I think one of the things that Donald Trump resonates, which I think he should make a bigger deal, is to push. We have term limits for the president, two yeah. terms. And I think the same needs to be done for the House and the Senate. I would agree. This country was formed by our forefathers that said, we want people to come from the private sector to serve for a short amount of time, yeah. then go back to the private sector, not to become institutional politicians that feed off the trough for 34 and years. And not just that, these people feeding off the trough, there's families. I mean, in, in England, there's a family called the Kinnock family. He was the leader of the Labour Party. He famously thought he was going to become prime minister. He didn't. He fell over on Brighton Beach during the election. He had an election victory uh, celebration in Sheffield, and then the next day or two days later, lost the election. So he's a Welsh windbag. He's famous for nothing apart from BS, right? His family, he, he stopped being the leader of the Labour Party and he got on the choo-choo. That's the EU train, the gravy train. He went to Brussels. Not only did he go to Brussels, he took his wife. She was unelected. She got a job there. His son is called Stephen Kinnock. He got a job there. Three of them. They reckon they made three to four million pounds as a family over five or six years. It's about this generational thing. It's about the way they think that it can be a career for the whole blooming family. Oh, we see that here We've in the United States. we got to break that down. Well, yes, of course. Oh, we see that absolutely congressmen and senators and 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 we see it continuously here and they are all removed because by going there the the power corrupts it's just what happens machiavelli said it many right. many years ago it's what happens and if you allow families to become embedded in these institutions whether it's the houses of parliaments house of commons or indeed your senate or your congress that's what happens and then there's a disconnect between them and the plebs, the populace, me and you. And what we're seeing at the moment is a revolution around the world, my friend. It's a revolution. Ordinary people are saying, we have had enough. Well, I'm not a pleb, John. Let me correct that. I'm a five-star five general. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm a five-star general leading the charge. Be leading, proud of being I am a pleb. leading the charge being against the enemies of Washington. John, <laughs> st stand by right there because when we come back, I want to talk about something that happened this week relative to Brexit and get into that and then get your take what Brits think about this current election cycle here in the United States. John Gom from Talk to Me Radio in the UK joins us along with Mick the Brit. We're coming to you front and center from the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge in the Cigar City. We made our big announcement, Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line, Shelter Aviation at Tampa International Airport, Saturday, February 4th, 2017. Mark the date down. Tickets go on sale one week from today. The Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line is set for Saturday, February 4th, 2017 at Shelter Aviation at Tampa International Airport in the Cigar City. This day of Alpha Male Pleasure Maneuvers is presented by Diamond Crown Cigars. Enjoy delicious food, great libations, Alpha Male Camaraderie, and Diamond Crown Cigars. Tickets for the Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line will go on sale on Saturday, November 12th at noon Eastern. Get all the info now at CigarDave.com. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. I'm here with my brother Nish and my cousin Nimish, and we're talking cigars. Guess what? They want me to vote on what my favorite cigar is. It's tough, but I'm gonna go with the Decade. I love it. It's rich, decadent, and smooth. Rocky, you know what? The Decade's a great cigar, but the 15th anniversary, that's the cigar. That celebrated your 15 years in business, and I gotta tell you, 
It's my favorite. You know what, Nish and Rocky, you both are wrong. The best cigar is Freedom by Rocky Patel. This cigar delivers a lot of spice, a lot of flavor, and in my opinion, it's the best cigar we make. As usual, we can't agree. But guess what? There's a great cigar for everyone. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. Cigar Dave Show, there are several things we really like in a Washington bureaucrat. Uh, embalming fluid? A wooden stake through the heart? Well, I guess after those two things, you really don't need the rest. How can I dispute that? With raging testosterone through my veins, the general front and center, the global alpha male, and now not just the American five-star general, but now the global general as we go coast to coast Continent to continent. John Gaunt from Talk to Me Radio in the United Kingdom. Great Britain joins us once again from the Davidoff Lounge and store here in the Cigar City of Tampa. John, I want to talk about Brexit because many European countries, the citizens abdicated their right for self-governance when they joined this. They wanted to try to be like the United States, figuring we'll be one giant economic power. But the difference is in the United States, we may be 50 states, but we have one pretty much common outlook. Whereas you've got Britain, Germany, You've got Norway, you've got Italy, umpteen different languages, different cultures. How they thought that was going to meld is beyond me, but you have these bureaucrats in Brussels that, again, accountable to nobody, that tell all these countries what they have to do, and if not, they get penalized. The Brits had it, and just like here in the United States, all the polls saying, oh, no, Brexit is going to go down to defeat, going to go down to defeat. Well, there was a little bit of an election surprise, and this week, the one of the courts in Britain now saying that the parliament has to get involved. Are yeah. they trying to overturn that election? Yeah, they are. I mean, basically, the controlled mainstream media, they were determined that we would stay in the EU. When my dad 
voted to go in the EU in 1975 or 76. We were told it was just a trading arrangement. The politicians, right from the beginning, though, they had a political motive behind it. They wanted the United States of Europe. You're exactly right in the way you described it. We were conned. We were lied to. So we have this referendum. Eventually, they, they allow us to referendum. They allow the people to speak. But the whole of the established media, the whole of the establishment elite, the whole of the political class, right across all the political parties, they didn't want it. They wanted to stay in. They were so surprised. They had a, a face like a smacked backside when the result came out because the people said no. Because the difference is, as you rightly said in your introduction, I'm British. Well, I'm English, then I'm British. A Spaniard is Spanish, and he's proud of that. Why can't we be proud of that? It doesn't mean when we're racist. It doesn't mean we hate Italians because they're proud of being Italian, etc., etc. So the British people voted to get out. You'd have laughed your d off um, the day after the referendum result because they had all planned to go on holiday. They didn't know what oh, wait, guests to get on the, the TV well, programs. Everybody had... The Prime Minister did go on permanent well, holiday. Yeah. Well, of course, the Prime Minister, <laughs> Mr Cameron, uh, who's got the... He back, looks shell-shocked, He has boy. got the backbone of an amoeba. He said, Britain isn't for quitting. I'm not for quitting. What did he do when he left? left? He quit. He quit. Not only did he lose, he also didn't sort out the Brexit negotiation correctly. And that is why there's been this legal challenge. So 17.4 million people say they want to get out of the EU. We voted on that three months ago. Now we have a woman who challenged it legally in our Supreme Court yesterday. And this woman, let me tell you something, she's not even British, nor is her husband. They have challenged this. Now the British government cannot uh, allow Brexit to happen unless it's discussed in Parliament. Now, by well, wait a minute, doesn't it go to a higher court now? Well, it goes to the Supreme Court, but the Supreme Court will back them up on this. Uh, I know that. That is what's going to happen, right? So there's an appeal, but we're still going to lose. So the whole thing's going to be delayed. Well, actually, that suits the politicians because they never, ever wanted us to get out. Right. And I think what will actually happen now is there'll be a general election very soon. And when that general election happens, it'll be effectively a second referendum. Correct. And they'll hope then they'll get the result they wanted. Now, the EU has got precedence for this. Ireland voted. Denmark voted to get out several years ago. And they re overturned it. They said, they no, they, to, no, they they said have elections. another vote. You've got right. it wrong. Right. That's, That's what they do. That's what the elite and, and, do. And, and they're blatantly ignoring the will yes. of the citizenry. Yes. And, and as I say here, the citizens who pay the taxes, who fund the bureaucrats, fund the government, they are looked at in every country, not just the United States now, they're looked at as enemies. Yes. As enemies of the state. Yes, because the, they can the customers, disturb it. the taxpayers. They can disturb Correct. the cozy life that these people have created, whether it's on the hill in Washington or whether it's in the House of Commons in the United Kingdom. And they actually despise the general population and they allow us to vote every four or five years, like they let people vote now. But if Trump is to, was to win the election, it would be the same result. The media wouldn't know which way to turn. Well, and he's got to take a giant red pen and he's got to start cutting jobs at all these bureaucracies yeah. and these bureaus and just get rid of them. We have way too many. Very quickly, what are the uh, UK, what are, what's the general consensus of people in the UK watching this election? Well, a lot of them have, uh, don't really understand the election. A lot of people, I think, uh, are being conned by the controlled mainstream media. Donald Trump is being portrayed as a complete and utter moron and the kind of bloke who will push the nuclear button. Uh, the Hillary Clinton tapes and the Hillary Clinton um, emails, the whole scandal has been hushed up by the BBC in particular. I mean, the BBC is now rechristened the biased broadcasting corporation. They may as well move to Russia and become Pravda. They are pushing no, no, the it's government bla line. BBC blatantly broadcasting Clinton. 
Yeah, yeah. Right, you're like CNN, isn't it? The Clinton, Clinton News Network. Network. All, the, all the same kind of thing. That's right. It's, these patterns are happening all around the globe, but I think ordinary people have had enough. I think people are rising up, not in a kind of let's have a revolution, but in a kind of way of saying, hey, we're powerful. They're fed up. Yeah, but we're powerful because everybody has got a vote. And if everybody uses that vote, then these people can't stop us. And I think what happened with Brexit will probably happen here. I'm confidently predicting that Donald Trump will be the next president of the United States. I'm confidently predicting that mainstream media is dying dying and it needs to die because we need to have a variety of places you know podcasters alternative radio stations alternative news blogs because people are grown-ups they can decide what they want to listen to and what they believe and what they believe is their truth you don't need the gatekeeper anymore no. just like when you see a newspaper come out with a uh, an endorsement column nobody cares. Cares. No, nobody, nobody cares nobody cares nobody reads the newspaper <laughs> you know anymore John Gaunt of Talk to Me Radio in the UK, visiting the United States for the election, along with Mick the Brit. John, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Pleasure. we got to have you on again. Anytime. We enjoy fellow alpha. We like that. <laughs> Lieutenant's hour number two of the Cigar Dave Show will continue from the Davidoff Store and Lounge in the Cigar City. We made our big announcement. The 2017 Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line in the Cigar City of Tampa, February 4th, 2017. Tickets go on sale next Saturday, 12 noon. Hour number two of the Cigar Dave Show continues. We're coming up to a big election. Vote early, vote often, vote Trump. The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. We are T-minus three days away and counting to commence Operation Make America Great Again. Big election coming up. No excuses. You need to get out and vote. And I ask you one simple question. Who do you think is going to be better for the alpha male, for the cigar connoisseur, for those that enjoy libations? Felon Hillary or Donald J. Trump? Mick the Brit, would you like to answer that question? Put it this way, General. Look at the first lady we would possibly get. We will never get the chance to get a better-looking first lady if we don't vote Trump. That is correct. Melania did a great job a couple of days ago. Yes, she sir. hit it out of the park. She was stellar. She was fantastic. And as always, we will celebrate all things Alpha in this hour. We will, of course, fight the enemies of wussification, the enemies of pleasure. We'll talk about the political correctness police going on with Halloween costumes. And we'll continue enjoying great cigars and libations. Guilt is never an option on The Cigar Dave Show. Welcome back, hour number two. Don't forget, lieutenants, head over to CigarDave.com. Multiple reasons why you should go over there. First of all, follow us on social media, top right side. You can follow me on Twitter. And on election night, you're going to want to follow me on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Make sure you follow us 24-7, 365. If you have not downloaded the Cigar Dave mobile app where you can listen to us anytime, 
anywhere. Make sure you do it. Go into the Google Play Store or go into the, uh, um, the uh, Apple Store, the App Store, and just do a search for Cigar Dave. You can download us. You miss a show, no problem. We loop it continuously. We've also got on-demand podcasts available and other bonuses as well. So, Mick the Brit, that's how you listen to me over in the UK. Absolutely, of course. Yes. And uh, tune in Radio, one of your affiliates as well. Whatever, whatever I'm doing, wherever I'm, I'm able to get you 24-7 if I really wanted that. That is a scary thought, Mick. It is. It really is. Alright, before we, uh, I want to talk about the Alpha Pleasure Fest in just a few moments because we made the announcement in the first hour on the date, February 4th, 2017. But, this week, we saw the President Barack Obama shilling for Felon Clinton. Now, I don't remember in any previous elections a president or vice president campaigning as blatantly hard and as just blatant, period, as I've seen Obama. George W. Bush stayed on the sidelines. And one thing I think that is, that is dignifying about a president, when there's a new election, stay to the sidelines. Let the candidates speak. Let the population, let the citizens make their decision. And then when you leave, you've served for four years or eight years, you leave gracefully. And many, George W. Bush, Ronald Reagan, they wanted to leave and do their own thing and not interfere. Well, we didn't see that with Bill Clinton, and I'll guarantee you we won't see it with Barack Obama. And he's going to be in for a rude awakening. He's going to actually stay in Washington so his daughter can finish up the last year of high school. Now, you go from living in the White House where you press a button and there's 20 servants, people bringing you coffee in the morning, to all of a sudden living in a nice house, probably I think it's 7,000 feet, whatever, 6,000, whatever he's going to live in. Certainly it's not uh, a, a little one-bedroom studio, but it's going to be a rude awakening the first day he wakes up. I always am reminded of the story when Barbara Bush told the story. They asked George uh, Herbert Walker Bush, what's the one thing you miss about the White House? He said, well, every morning I'd say good morning to Barbara, and there's this little button by the side night table, and I'd press it, and within a few minutes, coffee would come in. So the first night in our new house in Houston, I go look for the button. There's no button. I roll over, and I say, Barbara, can you get me some coffee? She says, go get your own coffee, George. <laughs> <laughs> True story. Yes. Yes. Rude awakening. Uh, oh, absolutely, yeah. Rude awakening. You had to become a private citizen just like all of us, well, make yeah. our own coffee. Well, earlier this week in Ohio, Obama was campaigning and playing the woman card to the extreme and exploiting the feminist company line, and he is exhibit A for beta wussification, what he had to say. This is the first cut of three that we will play, and I want you to hear because this epitomizes exactly what the feminists want to see, and that is men kowtowing to women putting their head between their tail and becoming wussified beta males. To the guys out there, I want to be honest. You know, there's a reason why we haven't had a woman president before. We have to ask ourselves as men because I hope my daughters are going to be able to achieve anything they want to achieve. And I, I, and I know that, that my wife is not just my equal, but my superior. Now, my wife is not my equal, my superior. Well, call me old school. No, call me alpha. I'm the chairman of the board. No matter what relationship, I have a 50.1% vote. That's how it is. Now, that doesn't mean that I subjugate the harem or subjugate women to a lesser rank. 
But ultimately, women want an alpha male that is strong, that is decisive, that makes the decisions. But this is the feminist mantra. How many times do we see men jokingly say, well, she's the better half, she wears the pants in the family, she really runs the show, she's the decision maker. They're not, they're saying that in jest, but it's the truth. And Mick, we've seen this before. This is exactly what the feminist, my wife isn't my equal, she's my superior. Yeah, because if you look at Michelle, she would stomp the living daylights out of that little wimp, Obama. I mean, she could crush Obama in literally one jump. I, and that's probably why Obama's got a right on top. Otherwise, he'd get crushed. <laughs> but Mick, do you not concur? I do. And funny enough, interestingly enough, a talking head I heard further down the dial made the great observation. Why wasn't Obama saying this when he was head-to-head -head with Hillary when they were going for the nomination, the presidential nomination originally? Uh, when he was going for it. Because he was running and he wanted to win. Yeah. He wanted to win. But I find it uh, interesting that he also says, I want to be able to have my daughters achieve whatever they want. They can. There is no glass ceiling. Right. Women are CEOs, physicians, business people, bankers, lawyers. They are artists. They are in government. There is no glass ceiling. And the proof is in the pudding. The majority of women graduating college, the majority of people graduating college are women. The majority of students graduating with a postgraduate degree are women. And why is that? Certainly because things have changed the last 30, 40 years, but also I really believe the feminist movement has made men feel guilty about being men and wants to keep them from achieving success. I firmly believe that. And I cannot tell you how many people I know where you see a marriage and the wife kind of runs the show, and watching a man wussified beta with his head between his tail, walking a little slumped over, it is a pitiful, pathetic sight to watch. Indeed, and how often do you hear people say, well, you best, I best ask the boss. That's right. And I look at him and say, what? Does she ask you when she wants to go shopping or go, uh, go take a little weekend with the girls? He says, well, no. So why are you asking? Get a set. Now... Obama continued at playing the woman card and appealing towards men, towards men to really look at themselves, why are they not voting for Hillary? I want every man out there who's voting to, to kind of look inside yourself and ask yourself, well, how, if, you're, if you're having problems with this stuff, how much of it is, you know, that we're just not used to it? The answer is none. The reason that men don't want to vote for a felon Hillary is because, number one, she's felon. Number two, she's corrupt. Number three, she's enriched herself on a pay-for-play scheme. Number four, it would be continuous scandals. And number five, we don't need another eight years of the socialist Obama legacy, period. So to try to portray this in a feminist light that men aren't voting for her because they still have a little bit of male chauvinism is nonsense. Now. At the end of this segment, the early Today Show anchors, Eamon Moyeldin and Francis Rivera, had some interesting post-soundbite comments. Well put. Isn't that yeah. great line? Powerful when message. When it comes to your wife, she's not just your equal, she's your superior. Very true in my case as well. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> good husbands. <laughs> yeah, good husbands. No, I don't think so. Uh, Eamon Moyeldin is a wussified beta. Let's call him what he is. He's a pussy. And for Frances Rivera, her husband must be a giant puss as well because she's like, yep, good husbands. No, that's not the definition of a good husband. The definition of a good husband is one who runs the show, who can provide, who is decisive, who certainly listens to his wife, but ultimately at the end of the day makes the decision. Now, for those of you that say, oh, General, you're living in the dark ages, no, I'm not. 
I ask you this. What would Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin, you think they were chairman of the board? You better believe it. We know that for a fact. I don't apologize for taking, running the show, for taking command. Doesn't mean I don't listen to input from the various members of the harem. But in no uncertain terms do I ever, when, when a, 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 a woman, do I tell a woman, what do you want to do tonight? My answer is, this is what we're doing, this is where we're going, be ready at 7 o'clock. Women want decisive alpha males. And the problem is women are frustrated because they can't find decisive alpha males. And we see a lot of these women, and let's call them what they are, chicks with Richards. And we'll use the shorter term for that. If I was just on internet only, I would say it. But they, they, many of these women are chicks with Richards. Use the short-term abbreviation for Richards. They want to swing it around, throw it on the table, and show everybody how big it is. Well, that doesn't work with me, and it doesn't work with other alpha males that are truly the chairman of the board. So Barack Obama, without any question, is exhibit A for a wussified beta male. He put himself down, and we see that on television all the time, on comedies, on other TV shows, where the, 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 the male plays this helpless guy, kind of a buffoon, and this smart, talented, educated woman makes the decision, and the male is the punchline of all the jokes. We see that. Does that happen in the UK, Mick? Absolutely, yes, it does. And in TV commercials as well. Oh, give it me, to me, honey. And there you see her, you know, handling the uh, vacuum or whatever. Well, never once in a million years would I ever say, well, let me ask the boss about that, or let me check with the better half. Yes. No, I make the decision. End of discussion. And for anybody that think, oh, General, you're a mutant cretin from the Dark Ages, no. Alpha males are making a giant comeback in spite of the efforts of the feminist movement to wussify us, to betaize us, and to essentially castrate us. That will never, ever happen. And my job as the global general and the global alpha male is to spread the gospel of the alpha male lifestyle, to be strong, to be decisive, and never, ever apologize for having loads of testosterone running through your veins. The General is always on Twitter, delivering breaking news, giving you the latest intel on cigars, and battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with the General now at Cigar Dave Show. Hi, I know everybody's familiar with a 95 rated decade one of the finest cigars ever made and produced by Rocky Patel. Well, he outdid himself. I'm here to introduce a new Decade Cameroon. It's got a beautiful African Cameroon wrapper on it. And when you put this wrapper with the wonderful blend of the Decade cigar, it just takes it to another level. You get that little sweetness on the back of your palate. You get the cedar, the hickory notes with a little bit of spice. You know what I want to do? I want to just sit in my backyard on my patio or a bar stool and enjoy the cigar. You can take it all the way down. I tell you, Rocky, you outdid yourself on this one. And if you haven't tried it, it's gonna be at your local retail store. Go get yourself one. You won't be disappointed because this cigar, man, does it smoke great. The brand new Cigar Dave mobile app for both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now, either to the iTunes Store or the Google Play Store. Search for Cigar Dave and download our brand-new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. 
You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available. Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access within the app to our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We also have the ability for you to call the show during the show right from the app, as well as send me a text message and an email. We also put in a couple of bonus items. You can get a weather uh, uh, alert as well as an alarm clock. It is the brand-new Cigar Dave mobile app. You can listen to the Cigar Dave show anytime, any place, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand-new Cigar Dave mobile app. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next? How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yet costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. Whether you say Semper Fi or sing Anchors Away, we salute you this Veterans Day for protecting our country and freedoms. Veterans Day next Friday, when you see a vet, make sure you give them a snappy salute and thank them for their service to this nation. We never forget Memorial Day or Veterans Day here on the Cigar Dave Show. Now, Made a big announcement in the first hour, the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line in the cigar city of Tampa. At Tampa International, Shelt Air Aviation, Tango Papa Alpha, that is the airline code, will take place Saturday, February 4th, 2017, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Hangar 1 at Shelter at Shelt Air Aviation. We will be set up on the main stage. Behind us, there will be jets and airplanes. You'll be able to tour them. Can't smoke in the airplanes. Nope, around fuel. That we don't want. However, you will be able to tour some very looking cool private aircraft. We will be enjoying some great Diamond Crown and J.C. Newman cigars as the show and the Pleasure Fest on the flight line presented by J.C. Newman Cigars as well as Woodford Reserve and Dunedin Brewing. So we have some great beverages we'll be sampling, great cigars, great alpha male buffet. Now Monday, all previous attendees of all the Alpha Pleasure Fest will get an email. They will get first dibs on tickets. And then next Saturday, November 12th, 12 noon Eastern time, it is open for everyone else. And think about this. January, early February in the Northeast and the Midwest, it's cold, it's snowy, it gets dark at 4.30 in the afternoon, it's gray, it's, that snow's been sitting there for months. You're ready for a change. There's no snow in the Cigar City. Palm trees, blue skies, sunshine, great cigars, great libations. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line, Shelt Air Aviation at Tampa International Airport, Saturday, February 4th, 2017, 
10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Mark it down. Make plans to attend. It will be a fantastic time. Sergeant Steve, you would like to interject. I hate to correct you, General. You may correct. Listen, I'm not ultra-narcissistic and egotistical like some others that we may know with the running that are afraid to get corrected. So go ahead. Have at it. Last segment, you're discussing the glass ceiling. The glass ceiling, yes. There the feminists would like to say that there's a glass ceiling for, for women, which is not true. There is one glass ceiling that will never be shattered. What is that? That is the global general and global alpha male. That is true. Absolutely. That is true. They will never be able to get those two titles, <laughs> and I'm thrilled about that. Can you imagine if we had one of those ugly feminists as the, as the global general? Oh, I'm telling you, that would not be a pretty sight. But that, two, two jobs, two positions, that will never be in jeopardy by a feminist. That is true. Yeah, General, uh, what's happened to the First Lady vegetable patch there at the White House? That's right. First Lady Michelle, my belle Obama, was, yeah, I got a kick out of it saying, we're going to grow vegetables and we're going to water them. How many times do you think she takes her ass down there and waters it? <laughs> How many times? None. None. Yeah, and I find it interesting. Obama's still his favorite. He loves cheeseburgers. And yeah, he still exactly. loves all the burgers. And probably smoking his cigarettes. He's probably, I, I know for a fact, he's probably still smoking. His, and that's, that's the thing that really gets me. Is he was the big proponent of the FDA against smoking and, 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 and putting major restrictions and FUDA regulation on cigars, and yet he is a cigarette smoker, yeah. closet cigarette smoker. And whenever a reporter asked, they haven't asked him in years, but when they asked him, he said, well, you know, it's a daily struggle. Uh, I, I definitely struggle with it, but making progress, they never follow up on it. They say, so you still are smoking. Now, if that were a Republican... With Boehner, what do they always do? How come you still smoke? How come you're smoking? Yeah, exactly. There's definitely a big difference. Now, speaking of elections, Tuesday, in four states, Colorado, California, People's Republic of California, North Dakota, and Missouri, as they say, Missouri, Missouri. Missouri. There are four big state ballot measures that seek to raise cigar taxes. California, current tax rate on cigars, 27.3% of the wholesale cost. They base their cigar tax on the OTP tax, which is the Other Tobacco Products Tax, which includes cigars, on the rate of taxation on cigarettes. On Tuesday, the proposed tax site on the November ballot is extremely significant. Prop 56 wants to raise taxes on cigars to 69.2%. to 69%. Now, they keep going after the same products. 69%. So, for example, a $10 cigar, the tax, which now is $2.73, would be $6.92. That is outrageous. It is criminal. This is the second time, by the way, in four years that a ballot measure seeks to raise cigar taxes. In 2012, voters narrowly defeated an initiative that sought to raise the cigar tax by 73%. Let's go to Colorado. Current tax on cigars, 40%. That's on top of the 53% excise, federal excise tax. Amendment 72, this coming Tuesday, asking voters to approve a measure that would increase the tax to 62% from 40%. In North Dakota, a couple of measures. One looks to boost the tax rate by 100%. In Missouri, two different tax, ballot, uh, tax propositions. Amendment 3, Proposition A, wants to increase the tax measure from 5 to 15%. And... It is just on and on and on. So when you go to the polls in California, Colorado, North Dakota, Missouri, vote no on all cigar and other tobacco products and cigarette taxes. It will affect you. Enough is enough. 
We live in a, we, we, we seceded from Great Britain, from England, because of outrageous taxation. And the same is happening today. It must be stopped. Vote early, vote often on Tuesday. The Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Flight Line is set for Saturday, February 4th, 2017 at Shelter Aviation at Tampa International Airport in the Cigar City. This day of Alpha Male Pleasure Maneuvers is presented by Diamond Crown Cigars. Enjoy delicious food, great libations, Alpha Male Camaraderie, and Diamond Crown Cigars. Tickets for the Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line will go on sale on Saturday, November 12th at noon Eastern. Get all the info now at CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard. No matter which branch you served, you served this great country. And we salute you this Veterans Day. Anchors away, the great Navy theme. Joined by, along with Mick the Brit from the European Theater of Operations, Colonel in charge of the European Theater and the Brexit movement in the UK. Along with the Global General, Global Alpha, yours truly from the Davidoff Store Lounge in the Cigar City of Tampa. Now, Mick. Yes. Do any of your military branches have themes, musical themes like we do here in the United States? Yeah, we have the Royal Marines Band. and uh, but, but, for example, we've got Anchors Away for our Navy. We've got the uh, Army, the, mar- uh, the U.S. Artil- Field Artillery March for the, for the U.S. Army. We've got... Uh, uh, Marine Corps hymn, we've for Coast Guard, Caissons, right. Yeah. So, do you have that? I or think not really? they would have a more 
generic folder of music depending on which they're playing to rather than specific regiments. This is one of the reasons we broke away from England, Mick, Indeed. back in the Revolutionary War. We're far more creative musically. Yes, and of course, uh, our idea of camouflage in those days. Is red. Yeah, those bright <laughs> red jackets. Exactly. Now, Mick, yes. we've got the big election here in the United States. I know who you and I are supporting. Absolutely. I've already voted for Donald J. Trump, Mike Pence. This is very big. We already, the prediction it's has huge. been made. The huge. ultimate, prog huge, the ultimate prognosticator. Believe me, believe me. China's Monkey King picks Donald Trump as the next American president from Shanghai. A this is huge, Mick. A Chinese monkey <laughs> has tipped Donald Trump for the U.S. presidency at a tourism park after the creature successfully predicted the winner of the soccer, European soccer championship earlier this year. Gita, the monkey, known, which means knots or goosebumps in Chinese, is the latest series of psychic animals that have popped up around the world since Paul the Octopus yes. correctly predicted multiple 2010 World Cup matches. The simian seer wearing a yellow shirt emblazoned with his title was given a chance to pick between life-size cutouts of Donald Trump and the taxocrat challenger felon Hillary Clinton. After deliberate thought, the mystic monkey chose Trump at the Shianu Ecological Tourism Park. Without even waiting, he congratulated the cardboard candidate with a kiss on the lips. Ah. So there we have it. The five-year-old monkey correctly predicted that Portugal would win the 2016 European Soccer Championship, or as you say, Mick, the European Football Championship in July, two days before they won. They were the victors one to nothing. So, Mick, I mean, forget the polls. Yeah. We have got Gita, the Chinese monkey, picking Trump without any delay. And listen, one look at Feller Hill and Clinton, he said, there ain't no way I'm kissing that. No, he's better looking. <laughs> he's much better looking. He will make America great again. Yes. So I thought that was very interesting. Now, Mick, you don't celebrate Halloween in the UK, do you? Funny enough, it's now, as you know, General, where Britain is now the 51st state of America. No, I admit that. We totally bind it. Is it? Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, now, wait a minute. So, now there's great British traditions. Oh, Yes. And by the way, we've got John Gatto, who is now doing his show, who we can hear. He's all the way at the end. He is all the way at the end, and we can hear him probably, uh, I think, all the way to Tampa International, which is about uh, 1.5 nautical miles from here. I think even the planes would struggle over John. I think the planes are being diverted after hearing him. Yeah. Uh, who we had out of the first hour. But, but, Mick, let me ask you. So, 51st state. But Britain has this tradition of having all these things British and tradition and tea and, yeah. and, and, and different foods. Mm. Are you telling me that they want to become more American? Yes. Really? Yes. Why? I think the great, uh, the great Hollywood uh, uh, bandwagon. I think we, you know, we totally buy into all of that. So, uh, yeah, it, it, that's probably why. So, over, you know, you get influenced by things. Um, yeah. Now we have kids going around trick or treating. Now, in my day, growing up, general, I never did that. The closest I got to doing anything was bobbing for apples which is an old tradition. Uh, I, I prefer bobbing for boobs. It's much <laughs> well, yeah, more I've fun. Gr I've grown up now, so yes. Much, well, no, grown up. I mean, even when you're a kid, hey, listen, why yeah, not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, why not? That's the first thing we attach ourselves to. <laughs> That's right. Some never let go. Right. So, Mick, what is the general consensus of people about the United States? You ask somebody, what, what do they think of Americans? What's their first thing uh, 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 that most people would say when talking about American, describing the United States? Especially for those that have never been here. Well, what do they think? 
I think it, it's a, a land of opportunity. They, they, they love the people. The fact that they're so friendly and open. Forget the politicians, it's the people that make. I'll put things into context here, General. When I was a truck driver here, I've been to 47 of your 48 continuous No, states. correction, you were a tractor-trailer controller. Uh, right, yes. But sometimes I had to move things around. I can honestly say, in the time that I was out on the road, and sometimes I'd be on the road for a month at a time, I was never bored and I was... I was never lonely, and that's a testament to the gr the people of this great nation of yours. Now, you crisscrossed, I think, what, 45 states? 47. 47. Of the 47 to the 48. Yeah. So were, were, when you went places, they certainly picked up on the British accent. Yes. What did they say to you? What was their first comments to you most, most of the time? Are you Australian? I'm like, no. <laughs> they that's said, wait a minute. It's, it's, the it's the Geico Gecko. Yes. Well, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you kind of get that. But then you're in, and everyone's... You know, good and you know, good and happy, and then that's it. You, you know, you got a friend, then you got somebody that's got some commonality, and then they take an interest in your culture, and obviously, you make observations about theirs. What is one thing in England, in Britain, yeah. that Brits would like to more emulate about Americans, whether it's food, whether it's culture, whether it's dress? Give me one or two things. I think, well, what I would they like to see more of in Britain that's more American? It's a generational thing, but I think. I would be, uh, I'd be, I'd be correct to say that if you look at the kids today, they wear the backward baseball caps, the R&B kind of look, the music that permeates on our airwaves now, R&B, you know, very much American. So there's all of that. Most of the movies people watch, they don't watch European movies, they watch Hollywood movies. So it's all of that, and just people got this idea that this is the land of opportunity where everybody's happy, you know. So it's what about food? Ah, food. Yeah, well, yeah. The, the sizes of the portions, that just blows us away. The fact that you get so much value for your money. Yeah, British steak is not so good. No, it's like leather. Like leather. Yeah. And that's being kind. It is. It is. But where, do you get your, where do you get your beef from anyway? Imported uh, from Australia? No. Because Australia's good beef. I see a place that does really good beef, Argentina. The best? Yes. But I'm talking about Great Britain but Great now. Britain. It's either Irish or, or, we, or Scottish or, or England. That's, that's predominantly where we get it, but also we import it from possibly Argentina, Brazil, Spain. So the steaks, that's number one. Now, buffalo chicken wings. Oh, yes. You have told me you've been places, buffalo wings are served yes. in Britain. Yes, indeed, they are. But they don't know the story behind why they're called buffalo wings. They think, buffaloes, they don't have wings. Why are they buffalo wings? Yeah, they know the city of Buffalo and Frank and Teresa's Anchor Bar, which you and I have dined Absolutely, many times, yes. as Sergeant Steve has as well. Indeed. You, you, within 10 feet, you walk in, you smell the aroma yeah. of the hot sauce. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. All right, well, Mick, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about Halloween. Okay, sir. Because the enemies of pleasure, the political correctness cops, have reared their ugly heads on college campuses because, as we all know, college students today need little safe spaces because they're little powder puffs and can't be offended in any way, shape, or form. So when we come back, final concluding segment of this edition of the Cigar Dave Show, our pre-election and pre-Veterans Day edition from the Davidoff Store Lounge in the Cigar City of Tampa comes your way next. If you miss any of the general show, you can catch up anytime with the Cigar Dave mobile app. Presented by Diamond Crown. Listen to the most recent show simply by opening the app with our continuous replay. Or you can download a podcast of a past show. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store to get it.
As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. In the fertile fields of the Connecticut River Valley, there is still one cigar brand who grows their own Connecticut shade wrappers, Monte Cristo. Prized for its unique silky texture, this exquisite tobacco has now been used to craft a cigar worthy of its name, the Monte Cristo White Vintage Connecticut. Building on the legacy of the beloved Monte Cristo White series, this excellent medium to full-bodied cigar is rich, flavorful, and complex. Crafted with only the finest vintage 2008 wrapper leaves, the Monte Cristo White Vintage Connecticut Cigar has subtle notes of spices, vanilla, and hazelnuts. Packaged in a gorgeous handcrafted box, these exceptional cigars are available now at your local tobacconist. Pick up a Monte Cristo White Vintage today and experience the spirit of the valley. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. To all who served this great country, we thank you. We thank you. From the Cigar Dave Show. The Air Force theme, better known as Wild Blue Yonder, and it is a gorgeous day in the Cigar City today. Blue skies, as far as the eye can see, as we pick up our final and concluding segment of this edition of the Cigar Dave Show from Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge in the Cigar City. As always, many thanks to uh, Jeff Borshowitz, Tommy Diadio for their wonderful hospitality, Marky Mark, and their great crew here, Mick the Brit. Now, you said in, in Britain they celebrate Halloween now. Yes, trick or treat. Yes, trick or treat. As I say, trick or treat for Trump. Oh, what I would say is Trump or cheat. Trump or cheat. Very good. Exactly. Now, we have seen a movement on college campuses to, because all these college students are little powder puffs. They need safe spaces because they need to be secure in their little snuggle blanket. And Halloween now becoming politically correct. Members of Tuff University's Greek system have been told they could face serious disciplinary sanctions, including a possible investigation by campus police for wearing Halloween costumes that offended peers or make the campus community feel threatened or unsafe. The warning, part of a letter to the presidents of uh, Greek fraternities and sororities, the letter stated, Greek brothers and sisters have worn costumes that appropriate cultures and reproduce stereotypes on race, gender, sexuality, immigrant, or socioeconomic status. They're saying their mission is to promote spaces that allow members of the Tufts community to have fun without feeling as though any part of their identity is being misrepresented 
or targeted. So I guess if you wanted to come as an illegal Mexican, they would report you to campus police, which is absurd. And they're saying there are consequences for wearing an offensive costume. Well, what's offensive? I wear Batman, a superhero. Superman, great American superhero. Is that offensive to somebody else? If I dress up as a cop, is that offensive? If I dress up as, as felon Hillary, well, that would offend me. But the problem is everybody gets offended here, and this is absurd. And the letter then encouraged students to report each other if they encountered someone who's wearing inappropriate and offensive costumes, saying it could be an incident of bias, intolerance, discrimination, or hate. It also reminds students to obtain consent before any sexual encounters during Halloween. So that's great. Before you start to bang a dame, you should take out a little agreement saying, I hereby, Jane Smith, consensually agree to bang you, John Jones, and you say, please sign here, and I need a witness before I bang. I mean, this is absolute absurdity. Here's another one. University declares Halloween costumes racist, orders white female students not to go as a sexy Pocahontas. So if you go as an ugly Pocahontas, is that okay? If you go as Cinderella, Wonder Woman, is that offensive? University of Massachusetts says anybody that dresses up as a sexy Pocahontas for Halloween, you will be labeled as a racist engaging in hypersexualized racism. Whoever heard of this nonsense? Hypersexualized racism. Now celebrating Halloween and dressing up as a microaggression. It is absurd. Here's some student activity boards are cluttered with acronyms such as SCREAM. Simple Costume Racism Evaluation and Assessment Meter. <laughs> Honest to God, who comes up with this bull? Who comes up with this? It asks students to follow a flowchart and answer questions to determine their costume's threat level score. What is this, the threat <laughs> level of a terrorist attack? Green means your costume is a low threat, blue is guarded, and red is severe. You know what? I would pick a costume that made sure I was in the red level, yes. that I was severe, that I would definitely be offending someone. What are you going to imprison someone for wearing a Halloween costume that, that, that offends someone? Well, then you'd be in orange if you was in prison. I'd be in orange. That is correct. Yes. Blue, blue and uh, black and white stripes. Yeah. University of Florida, Gainesville, the Gators. Gator in and of itself. Ooh, that's a mean reptile. That's very scary. So I guess if you go dressed as a gator, you could offend somebody because they could be scared. They could be afraid that if they go in a, a, an area, they would not be safe because a gator could eat you and, 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 and rip you to shreds. Okay? Well, at the University of Florida, they want students to know that if they're offended or scared by Halloween, there are counselors on hand to walk them through the traumatic experience. Oh, thank God. A university blog stated, October brings fall weather and Halloween. If you choose to participate in Halloween activities, we encourage you to think about your choices of costumes and themes. Some Halloween costumes reinforce stereotypes of particular races, genders, cultures, or religions. Regardless of intent, these costumes can perpetuate negative stereotypes causing harm and offense to groups of people. The University of Florida Division of Student Affairs, Diversity, and Social Justice Group includes a definition that they recognize of what is offensive. They also have a team of school counselors called the Bias Education and Response Team. They are standing by or stood by if a student was afraid or felt threatened during Halloween. I kid you not, there's actually a seven day a week hotline, a 24 seven counselor available to speak to by phone. In 
University of Wisconsin Lacrosse, they hosted a seminar titled, Is Your Costume Racist? The event was put on by the Ethnic and Racial Studies Department, which also has offered students classes on white privilege theory and other topics like food and race in the United States. So let me get this straight. If I want to dress as a, an Arab sheik or an Arab sultan. That's a good look. Okay, wait a minute. With my 38 wives in tow. Even better. I guess who would that offend? Doesn't offend me. No. In fact, I remember, I think it was my junior, sophomore, junior year in college, I went dressed as Hugh Hefner. I had the pipe and everything, <laughs> and I got like 10 girls yes. to dress as bunnies, and we all walked in together to this giant party. It was, and everyone looked and said, Hef, and the Playboy Playmates. It was great. Today, they'd be, oh, you're demonizing women. The yeah. feminists would come out. We are now living, Mick, in an area of absolute absurdity. This is the fifth column, though, General. This is the enemy within the state. Well, you know, we got into this political correctness movement a number of years ago, and now you say good morning to somebody the wrong way, and they're like, what, what do you, I'm offended. What do you mean by that? You tell someone, I do this all the time, I see what women like, to, you see a, a, an attractive woman or somebody, a woman who is dressed well, and I always look and say, I love that dress on you, love the shoes. Really? Really? Uh, great shoes, great look. Now, I've never met one woman that's offended. The women that would get offended are not really women. They're pseudo-women, they're feminists who basically try to act and dress like men. I would never compliment them. And what are you gonna say? I love your goatee, it's very, very, very <laughs> attractive on you. Never. But what I find amazing is, that's just being polite, that's being kind. I, I walk into many places, and I always wear cologne. You know that, Mick, oh, Dari, or Dunhill Fresh, one of several, Aqua de Jo. And I always get women saying, oh, you smell, what are you wearing? Now do I say, oh, I'm offended. You just wanna talk to me because of my scent? Yeah. No, this is what we are living with. Now, here's another great one, Mick. You're going to love this. Talk about an era of hyperfeminism. Brown University is providing tampons in men's bathrooms because they say both sexes menstruate. Sergeant Steve, were you aware that men menstruate? I'm not aware of that. No. Mick the Brit, have you ever heard of a man menstruating? No. No. The tampons are now a genderless necessity, according to Brown University, who have announced they'll be providing tampons for both men's and women's bathrooms across the university this year. The tampons will be delivered to bathrooms by the student university president, Viet Nguyen, as well as 20 volunteers. Nguyen said the initiative is a means of educating students that men menstruate as well as women. Apparently, Mr. Nguyen, or Ms. Nguyen, failed biology yes. and human reproduction and human sexuality. Go figure. All right, in an email to student body, Nguyen said there's been a lot of conversation about why pads and tampons are a necessity, not a luxury, but not a lot of action. We wanted to take it into our own hands. What on earth is a man going to do with a feminine napkin or a tampon in a men's bathroom? It wouldn't be an alpha male that would perhaps use that, General. Dry your hands? Uh, just That's what I was thinking. If you run out of towels or they got one of those air dryers, which I hate, that's what I would use it for. But the, this is the stupid... Ra there is no common sense. Men do not menstruate. No. Why on earth would you put Tampex tampons or other type of feminine products in a men's room. This, and this is the, this is, I mean, they are almost willing men to start menstruating so that men can be really like women, really feminist. On this subject, General, let me tell you this. On TV, when you see a woman washing her hair, you see her in the shower washing her hair, or if she's using a, a product for her skin, she uses, see her rubbing her arm. 
But when they're menstruating, you see them playing tennis, running. Right. <laughs> right. You never see it. It doesn't bother them. That's exactly right. But this, this, is a, a, this is what we are going through. This is part of this political correctness movement that has gone crazy. Now people get offended at everything and anything. And now even when we've had university, I think Clemson wanted to have on uh, Cinco de Mayo, the, one of the, ca the cafeterias served Mexican food. Mm -hmm. okay, it's not celebrating Mexican Independence Day. That's not it. Celebrating a battle that they won at Pueblo. Well, it's a party for Americans. And now one person, one Mexican complained saying that they were using this as a racial stereotype, so they stopped serving it. I remember in our dining halls at Syracuse, usually once a month they'd have a different night, Ch Chinese night. Yeah. Were Chinese people offended? No, everybody liked the food. Italian night. Yeah. We had, uh, I remember on, on St. Patrick's Day, we had Irish food, corned beef and cabbage, and they had uh, bangers and mash. The point is, because you are celebrating someone else's culture, enjoying their food, doesn't mean that you are uh, being derogatory, doesn't mean you are degrading them. It's the opposite. You're embracing their culture. Exactly. Exactly. But this is what we see now. It is outrageous. We will never be politically correct here on the show. We don't, if, look, if I have Chinese food and somebody's offended, too damn bad. If I want to dress as Batman and offend somebody, too damn bad. I really could care less. I'm not the one with a problem. You're not the one with a problem. The powder puffs, they're the ones with the problems. Now, lieutenants, on a reminder, Saturday, February 4th, 2017, made the big announcement, the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line at Shelt Air Aviation at Tampa International Airport will take place 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. in hangar number one. Going to be a great day with Diamond Crown Cigars, Woodford Reserve, and Jack Daniels whiskeys, as well as uh, great brews, craft brews from Dedean Brewing. Great, uh, great buffet. People that have attended in the past will get a special email on Monday. Tickets to the rest of the public will go on sale next Saturday at 12 noon Eastern. Mick, a pleasure having you over. Always a pleasure, General. Yes, sir. Cigar Dave, the General, saying, Mayor Humidor, always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Vote early. Vote often. Vote Trump. Make America great again. Happy Veterans Day. Vote Trump. Vote Trump. Vote Trump. Next president of the United States, Donald J. Trump.